Welcome to A Sparkling Vintage Life, where we discuss all things vintage and celebrate the grace and charm of an earlier era. I'm your host, Jennifer Leo, and it's September 26, 2019, as I record this. I don't have much to report in the way of writing news today, other than the Highlanders' Uh, romance collection is up for pre-order and I'll put links in the show notes. We're officially a couple days into fall and less than three months away from Christmas. Up here in northern Idaho there's no denying now that summer's gone. In fact according to the forecast we're facing an unseasonably chilly weekend coming up. For me it's definitely time to pull out the soft blankets and woolly socks and hunker down with a good book and a cat in my lap. But I know for many of you hardy souls, you won't let a few skin-searing winds or freezing temperatures stop you from heading to the nearest stadium to grab a spot on the bleachers and cheer your favorite team to victory. (laughs) That's right, it's football season. And that's what we'll be talking about today is a sparkling vintage take on football. (laughs) For those of you listening outside the United States, I'm talking about American football today. Those great hulking men in their pads and their helmets charging each other down the field. Not what the entire rest of the world calls football, which we call soccer. Just to be different, I guess. Now, anyone who knows me will tell you I am not a great football fan. On Super Bowl Sunday, I'm more interested in the snacks than in what's happening on the TV, except possibly if the Chicago Bears are playing. Hometown loyalty leads me to take at least a passing interest in how the Bears are doing. Nonetheless, football and fall go together like salsa and corn chips. American football's history goes back over a hundred years. It has its roots, I understand, in rugby, a game played in England and brought to these shores. Some major changes in the game are credited to a man named Walter Camp of Yale University. He introduced, apparently, such key changes as the line of scrimmage and the forward pass. The late 19th and early 20th centuries were the glory days of coaches like Amos Alonzo Stagg and Newt Rockne and Pop Warner. I know Amos Alonzo Stagg mostly because I had friends who attended Stagg High School in Chicago. Football's popularity started in the colleges but quickly spread to professional teams. The predecessor of the National Football League formed in 1920, almost exactly a hundred years ago. So this feels kind of appropriate to be talking about football today. I did a little digging around to find out why, what watching football was like back in the good old days. And it won't surprise you at all that my take on talking about football is extremely different from just about anybody else's. <laughs> I'm approaching it from a sparkling vintage angle. First of all, ladies, you're probably wondering what to wear to the big game. You may think that wearing your team's colors is quite enough, but not if you were a lady of fashion in, say, 1943. 
for a taste of mid-twentieth century elegance, forego the team jerseys and sweatpants and take a page from Grace Margaret Morton, who wrote a home economics textbook titled The Arts of Costume and Personal Appearance. About spectator sports, including football, Miss Morton recommends attiring oneself thusly. Quote, Good taste for any spectator sport calls for clothes which are casual and nonchalant. Textures should be sturdy and practical, without glint or sheen. The girl on a limited budget will choose coats and suits which can do double duty as street clothes by change of accessories. The coat may be an all-season coat with water-repellent finish and zip-in lining, a bulky knit coat of fingertip or shorter length, or a fur-lined cloth coat. It may be fashioned from tweed, cheviot, camel hair, boucle, fleece, suede, or leather. Plaids, stripes, and plain colors are used. The suit that is tailored of sturdy tweed or similar fabric is an excellent choice. Warm weather suits made of hopsacking, seersucker, cotton tweed, or cotton cord are also appropriate. Well, that's good to know. Uh, the dress suitable for spectator sports and campus wear may be one from wool jersey, washable flannel, cotton jersey, or corduroy. Separate skirts of denim, seersucker, hopsacking, cotton tweed, cotton cord, and linen suiting are correct when worn with matching or contrasting shirts or blouses. The hat, in keeping with this casual wear, will be a fabric or a felt cap, beret, cloche, or any narrow-brimmed hat. Gay wool or silk is used in scarves or hoods. Your creativity will be expressed in the manner in which you wear your scarf. Find interesting ways to wear it. The shoe is generally flat. One may choose saddle shoes, brogues, moccasins, oxfords, or gillies. They may be made of calf, pigskin, or buckskin. Pumps with low or medium heels and made of leather, straw, or linen are also proper choices. The glove worn for spectator sports will be of cape skin, pig skin, or cotton suede. String gloves, gloves with leather palms, or gay woolen or angora mittens are also possibilities. The handbag that is carried to a spectator sport may have shoulder straps. Oh, good. Calf, novelty fabric, or saddle leather are often thought of in relation to this type of costume. Jewelry must be very restrained in design. Metal, wood, or leather will express a harmonious relationship to the attire for these occasions. Unquote. That was Grace Margaret Morton speaking or writing in 1943. So there you have it, ladies. Pigskin. It's not just for the football anymore. <laughs> of course, once you're properly attired for the big game, it's all for naught if you don't know how to behave. With gridiron season upon us, let us not neglect our manners. Here are some ways to root without rudeness. In her 1940 book, This Way, Please, Eleanor Boykin advised fans on how to conduct themselves properly. 
She wrote, It is unsportsmanlike for the friends of a team to try to rattle players on the other side by booing or shouting personal remarks. Hurling criticism at the referee is both useless and crude. Enthusiasm for your side is a fine thing, but don't let it carry you to bumptiousness. Now that's a fine word, bumptiousness. The members of a visiting team are your guests. Treat them like friendly enemies and show them the courtesies you would like to have shown to your team on a return visit. When a player is hurt, forget sides. Give him a cheer and all the assistance he needs. Back up your cheerleaders. Some stirring rah-rahs and choruses at the right time are not an affront to the opposing team, and they put heart into the schoolmates you have chosen to arouse school spirit. And that was from Eleanor Boykin from 1940. And from an article in Seventeen magazine back in 1971, quote, Lots of words have been written on the subject, but good sportsmanship still depends on how you play the game, no matter what game you're playing. Whether you cheat on an exam or on a court, it's equally dishonest and distasteful to others. Whatever the game, follow the three B's. Be fair, be a good loser, and be quick to congratulate winners." Unquote. Now that you're dressed to kill and have bowled over the opposing team with your exquisite manners, nothing beats an epic tailgate party, which takes place in the relatively neutral ground of a parking lot or a field. Typical picnic fare, burgers, brats, sandwiches, potato salad, is served up from the tailgates of vehicles in a spirit of good sportsmanship. But it can be fast, fancier. One suggested tailgate luncheon menu that I found in an old Lexington, Virginia cookbook included baby mint juleps, cheese lace, cold sour cherry soup, cold filet of beef with sour cream, rice salad, hot rolls, and banana bourbon cake with bourbon creme anglaise. <laughs> How does your game day snack array stack up against that feast? So the next time your favorite team hits the field, be sure to dig up your pigskin gloves and your jaunty beret before you politely cheer them on in the spirit of good sportsmanship. May the best team win. And I'll be back in a moment with today's Grace Note. Today's Grace Note is a link to a delightful recording that's been a fall classic in my family for years. It's called What It Was Was Football and it was recorded by Andy Griffith way back in 1953. Many of you remember Andy Griffith, who played Sheriff Andy Taylor on The Andy Griffith Show, and later was the star of Matlock. Well, when he was just a young comedian starting out, he recorded this piece in which he portrays a country bumpkin who accidentally stumbles across a football game, which he's never seen played before. 
I'll play just a little snippet of it for you so you can get a taste. And what I seen was this whole raft of people a-setting on these two banks and a-looking at one another across this pretty little green cow pasture. <laughs> well, there was. And somebody had tucked and drawed white lines all over it and drove posties in it and I don't know what all. And I looked down there and I seen five or six convicts a-running up and down and a-blowing whistles. There was. And then I looked down there and I seen these pretty girls wearing these little bitty short dresses and a-dancing around. And so I sat down and thought I'd see what it was that was going to happen. I did. And about the time I got set down good, I looked down there and I seen 30 or 40 men come running out of one end of a great big outhouse down there. Wasn't that a delight? What it was was football is currently available on YouTube. Look for a link in the show notes at sparklingvintagelife.com slash podcast under episode 22. Or just do a search on YouTube for what it was was football. And that's our show for today. If you have a heart that sometimes yearns for the misty memories of yesteryear, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you enjoy getting your podcasts. That would mean so much to me. And uh, also subscribe to my newsletter at sparklingvintagelife.com so you won't miss an episode. And tune in again next time when I'll be back to discuss another aspect of A Sparkling Vintage Life. <laughs>